You're listening to the Soul Care Podcast. I'm Elaine Hamilton, the founder of the Soul Care House, a group of therapists working in community with a shared perspective about the path towards healing and change. This podcast is about creating a space for real conversations about real life struggles, a place where you can gather insight and support for issues that are relevant to you and the people you love. So sit back, put your feet up, and let's talk. All right. Hi, friends. Um, Charlie and I are going to have a conversation today about what good therapy looks like. And we mm-hmm. thought we would, the last couple of episodes have been pretty intense. We've talked about porn and sexual assault. Like, let's talk about something that's not quite so intense for us. A little us. lighter today. A little lighter. So mm-hmm. Charlie's actually going to lead the conversation and I'm hoping that I can be as genius as you are usually when I'm asking you questions, but I guess <laughs> I guess we'll find out who should really be asking questions. So you are definitely a genius. So <laughs> feels good to be in the power chair. Nice. And, Congrats. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll switch things up a little bit. So I'm just gonna ask Elaine some things and uh, chime in here and there. Great. So Elaine, good therapy. Good therapy. Uh, obviously, when you started the Soul Care House in 2011, mm-hmm. you had in mind sort of uh, a vision of what kinds of things your therapists would do to help clients and yeah. what what you were hoping your therapists would uh, would learn in what kind of capacities they would build so they could really, really do therapy well. Mm-hmm. And I know you had seen uh, what a lot of good therapy looked like in your own life and with other therapists you'd worked with. And you'd also seen... A lot what uh, not so great sure. therapy looks like sure. and yeah. maybe what was often lacking or, or why people would terminate therapy early, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so uh, we're going to talk about three different uh, reasons why people might not have a good therapy experience. And uh, I'm just going to ask you questions about each one. Great. Okay. So the first uh, thing that can be kind of a make or break for therapy is something we call uh, containment or attunement. Can you kind of explain Mm -hmm. what that is? Yeah. I mean, I think of uh, um, attunement as like the ability to be present with somebody as they are in this moment, um, being, picking up what's going on with them, picking up their mood as they're coming in the door, picking up, are they anxious today? Are they sad today? Um, what's going on with them? And am I right there, right? Like, am I am I looking for that? Am I present? Um, is my own stuff in my own life managed well enough that I can put that aside and be very present for mm. this person who's coming in the door? Um, and in, the, in our conversation together, am I really following, right? Am I really aware of this is what I think you need right now, right? Like I'm aware of when you need validation or when you might need encouragement or when you might need an intervention. I'm paying attention to all of that. I'm, I'm noticing how those things are landing as I'm, you know, throwing them in your direction, right? right? So It's like you're really with that person. Yes. Yeah, I would describe it as, as being very with mm-hmm. another person, really seeing another person. And if you had to say, like, if we had to talk about, like, failures in mm. containment or attunement, like, <laughs> like adventures, misadventures. So many. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes we talk about, like, therapist self-disclosure and, and is that mm. appropriate or not? Like, right. what would be, like, a, oops, I kind of blew that one on self-disclosure? Yeah. 
Well, I think I think that can happen um, pretty easily, and I don't know I don't know what the what the research would say about what new therapists are if they're more likely to self disclose. I I think they are. I think more likely to self disclose because we're sort of moving from people who become therapists are often people who have been helpers in relationships anyway. It's sort of like they naturally lean that way. And oftentimes when you're helping in friendships or um, as like a, a, a mentor, what what oftentimes you're doing is you're sort of you're sort of advice giving and you're like, you know, this happened to me also, mm. right? So there's a lot of that. Um, but the role of a therapist is um, looks very different than that. And so often self-disclosure is not necessarily appropriate or very productive for people. Sometimes it's really helpful, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's not. And I would say that the, the self-disclosures that I've done that have worked, what's different about them is that they're short and sweet and to the point. Right. And so I'm guessing that's what you would say. So if someone's in therapy, that's what they should expect from their therapist. That would yes. probably be helpful. Yes. Short, sweet, to the point. Yes. Yeah. So if I'm maybe meeting with a young mom and she's talking about how difficult it is to parent her small children and how frustrating it is, I, I, I might say at some point, gosh... I remember it's so hard. There were days I wanted to throw my children out the window. You know, so it's very brief. Right. Um, I'm not going to tell a long story about that one time, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to go into all of that because people are there to talk about themselves. And what they need is space to really tell their stories, to really be heard and seen. It's not typically very helpful to have somebody tell you how they relate to your story. That's just not a super helpful therapeutic um, intervention to use very often. Right. Once in a while, I know it can be, it can kind of, in my experience, it can kind of, it's like it's, it, it lets people know they're not alone. Yeah. And my therapist has also struggled and that's helpful. Yeah. But I've also heard plenty of people say, man, my therapist just tells me about their life yes. so much or yes. just talks on and on about themselves. Yeah. Not helpful. Right. Yeah, if you see your client looking at their watch, going like, <laughs> you know, I just paid 50 bucks for you to tell me that story about yourself, right? So painful. That's a bad day in therapy. Right, right. right. Um, let's talk about, speaking of, uh, you know, therapists make mistakes. Made for sure. What we could call misattunement or or uh, just not listening real well, something like that. So what should yeah. we expect from a therapist when they make a mistake? yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for therapists to get comfortable with apologizing, mm-hmm. right? That it's inevitable that you're going to make mistakes. There's just no way to do this work that's complicated and messy and unfinished. There's no way for you to do this right all the time. And there are always going to be times when I try something and I can see by the look on my client's face that was not helpful, that made them uncomfortable. They're feeling shame. They're feeling misunderstood. And it's a, it's really important for me to own that as quickly as I can. Say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It looks like that landed really wrong. It looks like that was not what you needed. Tell me what that felt like for you. Yeah. Right? And, and sort of laying the table and saying, I understand that I will make mistakes sometimes. Please let me know when I do that. And yeah. it looks like maybe I just made a mistake. Right. Right? I'm so sorry. Right. Well, I know we talk. We're we want to create secure, what we'd call secure attachment with our clients, that mm-hmm. they would feel safe and mm-hmm. and feel heard, known, and 
Um, and part of that is is not that there aren't any like dings or painful experiences in the attachment relationship, but that they'll be repaired. Yes. Yeah, because I think I think the need to repair is going to it's going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can just make peace with that, that I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to have to acknowledge them, and I'm going to ask you know, what that was like for the client. If I can make peace with that, then it can stop being such a big thing. Right. Then I can just go, oh, there it is. It just happened. Oh, yeah, that's, I expected that. There it is. Let's just talk about it. And then let's move on. Nice. Right. So in terms of um, one of the mistakes that we uh, can make as therapists is in scheduling and double booking Mm. sessions Mm -hmm. and showing up late. (laughs) Really, issues that all pertain can pertain to money, which can yes. be a very, very sensitive issue for people. And so just briefly, when it comes to, you know, sometimes 100, 125, 150 or more dollars is exchanged between the therapist and yeah. the client. Yeah. And that is a, a big deal. That's no, yeah, it's and no joke. It's no joke. Mm-hmm. And so what would you say, like, a good therapist is going to handle yeah. money how? Yeah. I mean, I think um, I think a good therapist is going to be organized, mm-hmm. so that you know what to expect, and you know that they're going to be there for your your appointment. They're going to be ready for you. They're going to be prepared. They're going to have been thinking about you. Um, and if there is a mistake, and that happens sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Like where oh gosh, I put it, you know, I put it in my phone, and you put it in your phone, and somehow we came up with different times. I don't know what happened. I don't know whether it was my mistake or your mistake. Um, we want to make sure that we have a way to talk about that and resolve that. There are clearly times when I've made a mistake, right? Like if I go out in the waiting room and two of my clients are sitting there at the same time, it's 100% my problem, mm-hmm. very likely, right? Mm-hmm. That I've somehow given two clients the same the same time slot. Um, and our policy here at Soul Care is that if that happens, one of those clients is going to get a free session, Yeah. right? Like I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. It's my fault. You've brought yourself here. Maybe you've paid for babysitting. I don't know how you know how hard it was for you to get yourself here, but I need to do what I can mm-hmm. to take responsibility for having wasted your time today, nice. right? And if that's happening fairly often, like for me, it's like if I do that once a year, I can live with that. If I'm doing it more than that, I'm not doing very well, right? Yep. Like my stress level is too high <laughs> right. or something's going sideways and I need to get myself together mm-hmm. so that that's not happening. But it, it may happen occasionally. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make mistakes in that area too. And I want to do what I can to repair that. And, and one of the ways that we find works to repair that is to say your next session is free. Yeah, I've wasted your time and I'm very sorry. Right. And again, this all this falls in line with good containment or good con- good attunement like mm-hmm. i really see you i'm with you so i validate that the finances are a big deal mm-hmm. i validate it was my mistake i validate that i can make that right i fix that mm-hmm. i mean i think all of that means the therapist is well attuned right to their client right so the second area that oftentimes seems to bog down um with clients would be having a plan kind of the mm-hmm the the sense of where we're going and so if you had to say like why is that important what what happens if clients don't know where they're going yeah um how does a therapist how how might a client expect a therapist to lay out 
mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing in therapy. Mm-hmm. Talk some about that. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it looks different based on the therapist's personality, the way, the way their brain works. Like, you and I are super different in right. that way. Like, you see everything, it's laid out very um, structured in your head, mm-hmm. right? I wish I could do that. For me, the process is more intuitive, right? So you might have, like, these are the six things we're going to do. And I, I might express it as, like, We've got all these layers of trauma and we're just going to work our way through them so that you're feeling more relaxed. You're feeling less anxious. You're more able to attach to the people in your life. And, uh, but you're, you're, you could lay that out with much more, um, dimension, right? You could explain that, uh, much more beautifully than I could. So it depends on who the, who the therapist is. But I think what, what I would hope for clients is that there, there is a sense of like, my therapist is taking me somewhere. Mm-hmm. When I arrive um, at my appointment, I have the sense that my therapist remembers my story for one, right? Like I've had people say, <laughs> yes. my, the therapist didn't remember who I was oh, and I had yeah. to repeat no, my dad died when I was uh, seven. Why are you asking spirit. questions about my dad? Yes. Right? So, um, so it's important that um, you feel like your therapist is on the ball. They're well, reviewing their notes. I had and... a friend who's go, you know, was called the wrong name, and oh it's gosh, just, it's brutal. yeah, and we do terrible. that. We make mistakes sometimes. It's yeah, we get tired, yeah. we get off our game, but yeah, um, ideally, yeah, I know who you are, <laughs> yeah. and I know what we've been talking about. Yeah, and I've had my coffee before you got here so that my brain is, you know, I always tell clients it's not, you know, if they want an early appointment, I say it is 100% not worth paying for my brain before 10 o'clock. It's like it's just barely working. Mm -hmm. You should not come until, you know, there's just more, there's more going on up there. (laughs) That's right. The value of my brain (laughs) goes way down after 11 p.m. and until about 10 a.m. 100%. Very little. That's just the truth. (laughs) Um, Okay, and so... You know, something that comes to mind for me would be uh, both when I've been in therapy and with my clients is I want to have a sense, uh, I want to make sure I'm communicating that I understand why they're experiencing what they're experiencing. Mm -hmm. That like when they tell me about their anxiety, their depression or their trauma symptoms or their relational problems, that I can actually lay out something that makes sense to them as an explanation. I also Mm -hmm. think that's part of containment. Yeah. Um, And then from there we go into... And kind of here's how we're going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what would you say happens for clients when that when that doesn't happen? Like, in regardless of you know, maybe you and I put together a very different plan, but I think yeah. we both know we want our clients to have a real sense of this is where we're going. Yeah. When clients don't get that, mm-hmm. what have you? What do you think is yeah, typically I th- experienced? I think it it feels like you're sort of wandering around in circles, maybe right? Like. I've had um, both good and bad uh, experiences myself going to see a therapist, right? I've had therapists who really had a direction and I could just go in feeling like I I don't know where, I, you know, if I were in charge of where we're going, I wouldn't know how to lay that out for myself, but I trust that you do. And I can, I experience that when I'm with you. I feel like you just helped me take another step forward. And I don't know exactly how you did that, but that's what I'm experiencing is that, I just moved a little bit from where I was to where I want to go. And that's what I need you to do, right? That's right. what the professional should be able to help me do. And I think if you're if you're feeling like, I'm just not sure what we're doing in therapy, then, you know, that's another experience that I've had. It's like, you know, this might be a really lovely person. 
um, who um, is pleasant to be with. And I feel... Um, really contained by them. Yeah, really contained and a lot of compassion. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think you know where we're going. Right. And I can't tell you where we should go because I don't know. That's why I came to see you. Right. 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 So I think clients feel the sense of like, I again, I don't know where I'm going. And I feel like maybe I'm supposed to help you figure that out. And mm. I don't think I should have to feel like that. Yeah. I think you should be making a pathway for me because if I could do this on my own, I would. Right. Right. But I can't. I need a guide. I need a guide. And I need my guide. You know, it'd be like if you had a guide one day taking you up the mountains or something and then you make camp and then go to bed and the next morning the guy looks at you and says, so where are we going today? And it's like sometimes from session to session, session to session, it can feel like that. Like, yeah, yeah. well, you were leading me one direction last session. Then I come uh-huh. in for the next session and it's like there's no continuation. Yes, and that's I think, good. Yeah, I think at Soul Care, we are big on like, you have like a life trajectory. Of, uh, you're on a journey. You're headed somewhere. And, mm-hmm. and you kind of, maybe I'm even helping you figure out where you want to go. And then I'm also structuring you and giving you some sense of uh, a path of of how we're going to get there. Mm-hmm. And and each session is building on itself towards your goal and what you want. Right. That doesn't mean you're not going to come in sometimes and have like, wow, something really big happened to me that we need to work through right. from the last week. But even that is a part of this deeper process. Like mm-hmm. I had a big fight with my wife and I'm, I'm in... Um, a lot of anxiety or I'm feeling a lot right now. It's like, yeah, well, we've been talking about A, B, and C. Yes, of course that happened. Of course that happened. Yeah. It's all part of That goes back to the attachment wounds that we talked about, you know, that we've been talking about for several months, right? That's that piece coming up again, and it's just playing itself out in this scenario. Right. And so, like, there's usually these big two, three, four, five themes somebody's working through, attachment Mm -hmm. or getting their voice online or feeling their Mm -hmm. own power. And so what happens day to day that's a struggle is usually tied into those big themes. We want to keep... I think, yeah, we would say it's important that clients really can see how that all ties together. Yeah, yeah. So we want to make sure people feel well contained. We want to make sure they feel like they have a plan mm-hmm. and uh, that they know where we're taking them. Um, and then the last thing we, we've talked about is uh, mm-hmm. that this is actually something's happening. Like that change is actually yeah. is actually yeah. being done or being yeah. created because it'd be easy to say. I mean, there's times when it's like, oh, I feel really well contained. I feel known. Uh, my therapist has this whole plan, but I just am still depressed a year later, yeah. and I'm or I'm not getting any better. Or my like what we're doing isn't actually getting me where I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I'm wondering, Elaine, would be. Um, what would be like a healthy expectation for clients when when they've been coming for a while? What would be a healthy expectation of, of when change should be happening? Like, mm-hmm. should we expect that after one session? Mm. Should that take a year? Like, you know, we, yeah. we believe change should happen, but what, what should clients be expecting? Yeah. I mean, that it feels so tricky to answer that, right? Because everybody's process is different and everybody's pace is different. So oftentimes what people feel first for a while, and it might even be for a few months, is they're going to feel worse. 
Because what we're doing is sort of we're looking at your story and then we're making all these connections. We're saying, oh, gosh, the way that you use alcohol or the way that you're functioning in dating relationships is attached to these wounds from childhood. And we try to take these coping strategies away. We're going to stop using people to make us feel better. We're going to stop using alcohol to make us feel better. And we're going to let ourselves feel the grief and the pain for a little while, because there's some stuff that just has not been attended to. And the only way to move forward is to give that stuff some room to breathe. Obviously, when people are doing that, when someone takes my chocolate cake away from me and says, you just have to feel sad, I'm like, F that, right? Feel your feelings. It feels terrible. Mm. It feels terrible. So initially, I'm going to feel, a client is probably going to feel worse. Right. And then our hope is that as our self-awareness builds, like to me, that's, that's a big thing that I'm always shooting for with my clients and in my own life is to build my self-awareness. It's like, what was that about? What was that feeling about? What was that reaction about? What was that behavior about? And the clearer I get about what that is, what it's showing me about myself, the more power I feel to mm. make better decisions, to make better choices, to move through things. So my hope would be that as the months progress and I'm working very hard at this, that I'm just going to get better and better at that. And I'm going to feel empowered. I'm going to feel like I know what's going on with me. I might have just done or said something real dumb, but I know what that's about. And now I can go back and I can repair that. I can... I'm, I'm going to do a better job of not doing that next time because I'm getting more and more aware of what that's about. Mm. But I think that process takes a year, two years. It just depends, right? Yeah. I'm still learning things about myself at this stage. Yeah. I don't think that day is ever coming where it's like, I've got it all dialed in. Right. And I'm always managing myself and nothing's going sideways ever. Like that day isn't coming. But my hope would be that like after a year or two years of mm-hmm. some degree of working on myself, and that doesn't all have to be in therapy, it could be in groups and reading and like all the pieces. But um, I would hope that I'm really increasing my sense of self-awareness so that I have more control over what I'm doing, yeah. what I'm feeling, and how that's all turning out in my life. Right, absolutely. I mean, I think what we would hope, probably to a degree, is that is that with each session as it compounds, there's more insights. There's mm-hmm. more self-awareness. I have more understanding. And then as I process through all my feelings and grief and trauma, I, I start to get a little more capacity and a little more freedom with every session. Yeah. Sometimes I feel that. Sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. But that it's overall, and certainly when I look back over like oh, over the last six months, do I feel like I'm a different person than I was? Yeah. Yeah. I've had yeah. 15 to 30 sessions of therapy. And and I think also what you said is really important, which is basically, I think part of what you're saying is it, it doesn't really stop. There isn't no. like a, I can always grow more. Yeah. I can gain more yeah. insight. I can get more healing. I can build my capacity more in certain areas. I can learn to love people better. Like there's always more we could do mm-hmm. and so a lot of it is i think also what does the client want you know yeah. do they want to keep going um for the long term right and um but ideally the change also keeps coming like yes. um and that there isn't uh and, and it's evolving right yeah. it keeps evolving and, yeah. and obviously there's a time and a place for 
terminating therapy and saying, my goals are accomplished. Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Well, what do you think somebody should do mm-hmm. if they've been in therapy for a while and they're bumping into one of these things and they're going like, yeah. well, I actually, as Elaine's talking, I don't feel a lot of containment mm-hmm. or I don't really know what we're doing mm-hmm. or I'm not sure change is happening, certainly not at the pace I want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, if you can, it's great to say it out loud, right? To say to your therapist, I'm, I'm confused about what we're working on. I don't, I don't feel like I know. Can you articulate to me, like, what's the plan here? (laughs) Right. And I, I see myself as like, I, I work for the client. Like that's my job. My client is my boss. Um, and so I have to make sure that I'm producing something for my boss. Um, so I think it's great if clients can, Mm -hmm. um, sort of say, Hey, I'm, I'm confused. Oftentimes people don't feel comfortable doing that it's 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 power talking to somebody who's in authority yeah so so more often what happens is clients will just stop coming um they'll stop going to whoever they're seeing and that can very often be sort of like note to self look like that wasn't productive enough for them and i need to i need to revisit that and go like what are there some things i should have done differently or you know what 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 happened there Mm mm-hmm but yeah, for sure, say something if you can, whether it's in, in an email or in person to just say, hey, I just have some questions about the process. I feel I feel unsure about where we're going. I'm not sure my concerns are really getting addressed and I'm worried. Mm-hmm. I'm worried about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's good. I, 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 um, I think sometimes, too, it's helpful I know I will do with my clients is, is review like at certain mm-hmm. points I go, you know, I just want to make sure you, especially if I sense they might be confused Yes. to kind of say, you know, when we started, we were trying to accomplish A, B, and C and, and you were experiencing all these things. And now after this many sessions, um, sometimes I even walk through session by session and then we talked about this and then this and then this, and that's sort of been building us in this trajectory and here's where we are now and here's what I think the next steps are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think for a client, it could be helpful to even ask for that. Like, can we just yeah. kind of review? Yeah, I know I've been coming great. 10, 15 times. Great. I just want to get a sense of my process. Like, can you kind of tell mm-hmm. me where you think I am, where I've come from? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we would say ideally the therapist is doing, would offer that, would offer that mm-hmm. or be offering that on a somewhat regular basis. But yeah. um but yeah, I think it's normal. Maybe that's part of it too, is wanting to normalize. Of course you want to know that. Yeah. Like as a client, of course. you should want good containment. Yeah. You should want a plan. Mm-hmm. You should want change. Like that's not weird. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with you if you want those things. Right, right. Which I think... Yeah, and an easy way to say it is sometimes clients will say, how do you think I'm doing? Which yeah. I think is another way to ask that question without, you know, saying too much about like how uncomfortable you are about like, I'm not sure we're going anywhere, but to just say, how am I doing right. is a way to open that conversation with your therapist. Yep. That's good. Um, so, Elaine, another area kind of along the same lines as all this um, would be, you know, some a phrase that you often will use with your team, with us at the Soulcare House, the therapists who work here, is you'll say that it's really important that we are smoking what we're selling. Mm-hmm. That's a phrase um, which I think has to do with kind of congruence and integrity as a therapist. Yeah. Can you just kind of dive into, yeah. you know, what maybe what people should expect from their therapist in terms of walking the walk or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to me, that's a big piece of what I I hope we're doing here. Um, 
it's it's one of the reasons why I wanted to start sort of my own spot is I I wanted to create a culture where um, there this was a given. It's like this is not just about you being smart, book smart, you know, training smart. This is about this being integrated into who you are as a person, so that when clients are coming in, what they're experiencing is you as an integrated um, person. You're offering you're offering yourself as a therapeutic tool, right? Like who you are is grounded and peaceful and um, on top of it and present and, you know, all of that. And you can't do that if you're not working on your own life, right? And and certainly there are going to be days when we're not doing well. There's always, that's always going to happen where, if, you know, things are um, intense in your own life, in your own family. And there are times when, when you're not doing as well as you would like to be. But in general, am I attending to my own soul, my own inner life? Am I aware um, of my stress level? Am I taking care of myself? Does my, is my client experiencing someone who is ready to go, right? Mm-hmm. Like you walk in the door, I am ready for you. And you have 100% of my attention. And I'm on the job, right? Mm-hmm. And that takes a lot of groundedness to pull off. So if somebody is seeing a therapist, do you think that client should expect their therapist to have gone to therapy? A hundred percent. Why? <laughs> well, you know, it's sort of like, um, gosh, sometimes I explain it like this. It's like, would you take your car to an auto mechanic who walks to work because he cannot fix his own car. Right. Right? Like, would you do that or would you think that seems nuts? Um, So, yeah, well, uh, none of us are going to be living a perfect life. Um, I think it's really important that you have some ability to trust that your, your therapist has been in a process. They've been on their own journey. They continue to stay in their own journey. And um, they're ahead of you, right? Like, ideally, yeah. your therapist should be ahead of you. How can I guide someone to a place I've never been? Right. I just don't think that's doable. So I have to be really working on my own life um, so that I, can, I have something to offer when people come in the door. It's like, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking about. I know the pain you're in. I know the process. I know the way out. Follow me. Not because I've read about it. Nope. Because I've done it, right? Because I've worked very hard on my own life. I know what how, how hard this work is to do. I have cried. I have been stuck. I have been in a lot of pain. I know this is no joke, the work that you're trying to do. And I have lots of compassion. And I'm going to guide you through this with that compassion because I know what we're, I know what we're looking at. Mm. I know how hard this is to do. Yep. And I'm with you. One, I think sometimes I've heard therapists say things like, well, of course I've done my own work. I have a degree. Mm. So I've, I've read all the hell books. Hell no. <laughs> That's a hell no. So you'd say, well, it sounds like you're saying a therapist needs, a. we need yes, a guide. This, yes. this isn't, the inner journey is not something you can lead yourself. You can't yourself. learn it in a book. You and, cannot learn the inner journey in a book. Yeah. You just can't. You right. need, I mean, I remember one uh, a therapist of mine said, you need a Sherpa. And mm. a Sherpa is somebody who would like take you up to the, to mount, to the top of Mount yes. Everest. You just can't, you can't climb Mount Everest 
on your right. own. You've got to have someone who's been there who can lead you. Yes. And the inner journey is kind of like climbing Mount Everest. It is. Yeah, and one of the things we really, you know, we... Uh, we ask that question. We ask these very invasive questions, right? When we're hiring looking people. at hiring people, <laughs> like tell us about your journey. Like tell, mm. tell us about the wounds of your childhood. Tell us what you've done with those things. Tell us what happens when you're not doing well. Are you how in do therapy you, now? Yeah. How do you self medicate? You know, all of these things. Like we want to know what kind of condition you're in, and we not we want to know about your dedication to your own personal growth. That tells us a lot about what kind of a therapist you're going to be able to be. So that piece is super important to us. Right. Mm -hmm. Nice. Well, it's been a good conversation. I appreciate the role reversal. Right? How did you like that sitting over there? So good. I just feel the surge of power (laughs) and mobility throughout my whole body. You know, it made me feel scared. I'm like, you're going to ask me hard questions because you're real smart. And then what if? (laughs) What if I've got nothing? So I felt powerful. You felt afraid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's a healthy dynamic for us. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Loved it. Well. Okay. I think think that's it for us. I don't know what we're going to do next, but, uh, you know, in a day or two, we'll probably come up with a new idea because there's always another one. You and the fabulous Leanna Tankersley. That's right. We have one in the can. You'll be back. she, She and I will be back with a conversation we had a few days ago about what it why we have to press into our feelings we talk about that whole thing it's like why why can't we just ignore them and have fun it's like yeah we wish we wish we could so we just had a conversation about all that so that'll be out next week next week yeah awesome thanks for being here thanks everyone okay thanks for listening to the soul care house podcast we'd love to hear from you any questions or comments you have If there are topics you'd like us to address, let us know. Feel free to contact me at elaine at soulcarehouse.com. If you're interested in knowing more about what we do here at Soul Care, our website is soulcarehouse.com. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle there is soulcarehouseandbarn. Talk to you soon.